On September 22, 2006, 16-year-old high school student Cassie Jo Studart was brutally killed by her classmates Brian Lee Draper and Tori Michael Adamkick in her aunt and uncle's house in Pocatello, Idaho. Studart's body was discovered two days later when her relatives returned home from their trip. The perpetrators claimed that they were inspired by the slasher film Scream to murder Studart, which led them to be nicknamed the Scream Killers. Anutik and Draper recorded documentary-style videos about how they were horror movie fans, especially Scream, and that they wanted to do the same thing to their high school, and they chose Cassie as their first victim. Both perpetrators received sentences of life imprisonment without parole on August 21st, 2007. After spending most of his childhood in Utah, Brian Draper moved with his family to Pocatello, Idaho. He met Tori Adamkick when they were both students at Pocatello High School. Both boys were interested in films and started recording on their own. The victim Casey Joe Studart also attended the same school. She and both killers were in the 11th grade. On the night of September 22, 2006, Studart was house-sitting for her aunt and uncle Allison and Frank Contreras on Whispering Cliffs Drive in northeast Bannock County. The Contreras family were out of town and had hired Studart to come take care of their three cats and two dogs for the weekend. Studart was visited that evening by her boyfriend Matt Beckham who arrived around 6pm. Later classmates Brian Draper and Tori Adamschick, who were, who were both age 16 at the time, came over to the house to hang out. Studart gave the friends a tour of the house including the basement. The four teens then went into the living room to watch the film Kill Bill Volume 2, but Adamschick and Draper ended up leaving before the film ended, saying they wanted to watch a movie at their local movie theatre instead. Studart and Beckham stayed behind. Studart was unaware that before the boys left, Draper had unlocked the basement door so that he and Adamchik could re-enter the house undetected. Sometime after leaving the house on Whispering Cliffs, Draper and Adamchik returned to the neighborhood, parked down the street, got out of their car and put on costumes consisting of dark clothing, gloves and a white painted mask. The boys quietly entered the house through the basement door while the couple were watching television in the living room. They intentionally made loud noises in an unsuccessful attempt to lure Beckham and Studart downstairs so they could scare them. Next they found the circuit breaker and turned off the power in the house, hoping the pair would come downstairs to check the breaker. When Beckham and Studart did not come downstairs, the boys uh, turned some of the lights back on. Studart became uneasy after the temporary power outage and Beckham noticed that one of the contours dog kept staring down the basement stairs, periodically barking and growling. Seeing that Studart felt scared, Beckham called his mother to ask if he could stay the night at the house with her to ease her mind. But she denied his request, instead she offered to let Studart come home with Beckham and stay at their house for the night. And she would bring Studart back to Whispering Cliff's house the next morning. However, Studart felt it was her responsibility to stay at the house as she was hired to, to do and care for the animals and declined the offer from Beckham's mother. At approximately 10.30pm, Beckham's mother picked him up, leaving Studart at the house alone. Beckham called Alan Chick's cell phone to see where he and Draper were, possibly to meet up with them later. Beckham said he could barely hear Adam Chick, who was whispering in, on the phone, and assumed the boys were in the movie theater. From the basement, Draper and Adam Chick heard Beckham leave. The teens turned the lights out again at the circuit breaker and waited, hoping Studart would come downstairs to turn the lights back on. She did not. Eventually, the boys went upstairs. Draper was armed with a dagger-type weapon and Adam Chick had a hunting knife. 
the weapons having been purchased at a pawn shop. Draper opened and slammed the closet door at the top of the stairs to scare Studart, who was lying on the couch in the living room. The boys then brutally attacked her, stabbing her approximately 30 times. 12 wounds were potentially fatal. During the investigation of the murder, police found that Draper and Adamchuk had recorded their plan to murder Studart in advance and on videotape while they were at school. This video footage was shown at their trials. Draper and Adamchuk were arrested on the 27th of September 2006 and charged with first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. During the interrogations, each team blamed the other. Draper claimed he was in the same room with Adamchuk when Studart was killed but denied stabbing her, then later admitted to stabbing her under alleged commands from Adamchuk. He led investigators to Black Rock Canyon where the teens had disposed of the clothing mask and weapons they had used for the murder. At the trial, the prosecution revealed that Draper had said he was inspired by Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold who committed the Columbine School Massacre. For more on them, check out Real Monsters on our Patreon. Later, Adam Check was said to have been inspired by the Scream horror film franchise. Again, more on that on our Patreon. Draper was convicted on April 17, 2007. Adam Chick was convicted on June 8, 2007. On August 21, 2007, based on being convicted of first-degree murder, each received a mandatory sentence of life imprisonment without the possibility of parole and 30 years to life for being convicted of conspiracy to commit murder. Adam Chick and Draper both are both serving their time in Idaho State Correctional Institution, located in unincorporated Adaha County, Ada County, Idaho, near Kuna. In November 2019, Adam Chick's sentence was upheld after his appeal was denied by the Idaho Supreme Court. The convicted men's attorney filed separate appeals at the Idaho Supreme Court in September 2010 for Adam Chick and in April 2011 for Draper. Draper was seeking to have his conviction vacated or to be given a limited life sentence that would allow him for her lease on parole if approved after 30 years. The first appeal for both Antic and Draper was denied in a 3-2 decision. The first court vacated Draper's conviction on conspiracy to commit first degree murder saying the jurors were given erroneous instructions on the charge. Both they affirmed his conviction for first degree murder and life sentence without parole. On July 2015, Adam gained a hearing for a post-conviction relief with State 6th District Magistrate Judge Mitchell W. Brown. He claimed that testimony from character witnesses could have changed the outcome of the sentencing, but that his former attorney, against his parents' wishes, chose not to call up these witnesses. Adam Chick said that his attorney believed that the prosecution would have submitted even more damaging evidence. In March 2016, Judge Brown denied his request for post-conviction relief. Adam Chick appealed Judge Brown's decision to the Idaho Supreme Court, which on December 26, 2017, rejected Adam Chick's appeal for post-conviction relief and upheld the district court's decision. Adam Chick is currently appealing Judge Dale's decision to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals with oral arguments taking place on February 7th, 2022 with Jay Bybee, Morgan Christian and James Salinas sitting by designation presiding. On March 24, 2022, they upheld the sentence in an unpublished decision. In 2010, the Studer family filed a civil lawsuit against the Pocatello School District 
claiming that school authorities were negligent and should have known that, that Draper and Adam Chet posed a threat to others. Both the civil court and, uh, and the Idaho Supreme Court dismissed the case saying the actions of the killers were not foreseeable. If you like that, then listen to our main show every Wednesday on all good podcast providers. It's Alive Alive, the really, really fake true crime horror podcast. All the guts and gore, none of the guilt. See you on Wednesdays.